Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, welcome back to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky, joining me as my co player. Leah. <laughs> Leah! Hi! I was like, I had it in my head. You, And then I messed you up. No, it's good. We'll get there. Not. It is the final episode of the year, so maybe... Maybe episode one, 2022, we'll have it down. Yeah. Well, you know, goals. Goals, goals, goals. 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 Um, so on this episode, we this is part two of our year end wrap up. Um, mm-hmm. We, 2021 has had a lot of great and amazing books that we have read. It has, yes. <laughs> we have found some new authors. Which... Ironically, let me tell a quick little tidbit. So I was going through like and adding some stuff to the the show notes that we do. And I read a lot more new authors than I thought. But, but I'll tell you why when we get to that part. Um, so we I'm super excited for this episode. We although have been stressing about this episode since October. We have been, and we also made some changes to the episode because Becky and I, like we went in, we had this really great like plan and thought about like doing like the best of like certain tropes. But once we got tropes, Becky and I realized we don't read a lot of some of those tropes. We don't. And so we were stressing out. It was also really important <laughs> to me. I didn't want to do an award show. Right. I didn't want to have to mess with voting. And part of what we started this podcast for was to help suggest books and to give our opinions on those books and to help guide you to finding romances that you love. Mm -hmm. So in staying with what we do best, which is destroying TBRs, um, we felt that this was the better way to go for you, for Mm -hmm. us, for us, for you, our listeners. Well, Um, and this is, this is kind of what you, we feel like this is kind of what you expect from us, us to talk about the books that we love or we want, like we want you to read so that we can talk to you about them. Well, yes. And let me just say people who are listening right now, I do hope that we will get a chance to talk about each of these books with you. I hope Mm -hmm. that if you've read them, you'll reach out and let us know that you read them and that you loved them. Or if you had issues within the books that we're going to wreck today, tell us. Tell us, because mm-hmm. that might open up our eyes to some things that we missed. Um, and that's the amazing thing about doing this podcast is getting different opinions, bringing in some different thought process and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're going to go through some things, but when it gets down to it, we're going to go month to month from December 2020 to November of 2021 and share with you our top read that was published that month. Yes. Um, We do have some honorable mentions to add to the list, and we also will announce our top two reads of 2021. Because it was really, really hard to to narrow that down. And kind of, even though we both really liked these two books, one is definitely more my top read, uh-huh. And the other is definitely your top read. Yes. But they're definitely like one and two for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like the but the one and the two is different. So that's different. why we just 
we went with both of them. But right. honestly, like going month to month, like, and we'll talk about it a little bit, but some months we found we had some really great months and some months, not so much. Yeah, we'll get to all that. But <clears throat> so this year for the first time ever, Goodreads sent us a roundup. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I've ever gotten this from them before. No, it was kind of like the Spotify roundup wrap up that everybody got. Mm -hmm. So this was our Goodreads wrap up. So I'm just going to give you my top five real quick. Then Leah will give you hers. And we'll let you know if there's anything we should note. But I just thought they were very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, shortest book I read this year was Scoring Position by Mimi Kinley at 57 pages. Spicy, sexy, baseball, butt scene, telling you right now. Mm. Oh, yeah. Longest book I read was Dr. Santon by T.L. Swan. It was 619 pages. Also, this book is A Secret Baby, and the guy's a jackass. Mm. Um, but I liked it, but he's a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> My average book length was 224 pages. Average rating that I gave books this year was a 4.2. That was very generous of me. And um, the very first book I read in 2021 was Ever After Always by Chloe Lease, which was a phenomenal book. Marriage in Crisis. It's part of her Bergman Brothers series. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend if you haven't read it. Okay. What was your Goodreads wrap up, Leah? Okay. So my Goodreads wrap up, the shortest book was Devlin by Parker Kincaid, and it was only 19 pages, but it actually um, was part originally part of an anthology, and I believe it was a ha Halloween anthology because it's like a leprechaun um, in like kind of fantasy in that, but I've read it as like a standalone because I found it like just through Park Parker Kincaid. And then my longest book was Hot Shot, Hot Shot Starter Set by Lynn Ray Harris. It was 1,560 pages, but this is the full series. So okay. it was actually, it's actually like six or seven books, like all at once. And then, <laughs> excuse me, my average book length is 155 pages. My average rating was a 4.4. And my first book that I reviewed for 2021 was a novella. It's called Party for Two by Alyssa Lee. And it was part of a New Year's Eve collaboration series. Fun. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're just going to give you guys some broad strokes of our year of reading. Um, some of this is just going to be listing. We might not give you like extreme details. Mm -hmm. um, first up, we're going to talk about new authors that we found in 2021. They might not. These are not new on the scene authors. Part of our buzzing about romance reading challenge for 2021 was one of the prompts one month was a new to you author. Mm -hmm. And that actually spurred me personally to start to make the goal that at least twice a month, I read a new to me author because that helps us bring you a larger variety of books to recommend. Yeah. And it gets me out of my pigeonhole because as we all know, and as you've listened, I have a very clear pigeonhole and that becomes very clear in my month to month. Um, <laughs> well, so, and I, I didn't notice that I pigeonholed as much as I did until I met you and started with the podcast, because that is actually how I found 
a lot of these new authors. Like they're either people that we did interviews for, or you're like, Leah, you just need to really read this series. And then I went down rabbit holes for quick shots. And then I never came back out of the rabbit hole. <laughs> um, you're welcome. But yeah, I know. I thank you. Okay. So Leah, give us who are new to you authors that are, you know, kind of, okay. Obviously, not every new author you read is going to float to the top for you, but I think you found some good ones this year. I did. I found some really good ones. But okay, so Samantha Beck, we did a interview with her, a happy hour, and I had never read her before, but love her. Mariah Enkinman, Miss Delta James, um, Stacey Lynn, I had never read her before, Emma Renshaw, um, I have just a couple more, Nissa Catherine who she is newer on the scene. Her first book was just published in 2020. So she is fairly new in general. Then I went down the Maya Banks rabbit hole. Thank you, Becky. And I still, still have Thoughts? strong feelings about that, but we won't talk about that because you've all heard it before. <laughs> and then Miss Renna Morgan, who again, rabbit hole, but wonderful. And then I went down the Ruby Dixon, Blue Penis, Barbarian, Alien Barbarians, like phenomena this year. And yeah. then uh, Lise Faber and Marie James. Now, let me tell you, though, these are not the only new authors that I read this year. I probably had a list of like 15 that I have read at least one book, yeah. which I thought was pretty exciting. Because like I said, as I was going through books and trying to prep for this, I didn't realize I read that many new authors. Yeah. Um, so these were just some of my top. These are favorites that um, were new to me this year that I'm going to continue on reading books mm -hmm. from them. Um, so, of course, there's Jay Salmon. She's top of my list. I found mm -hmm. her by the accident on TikTok. Um, that is now turned into the Salmon, the salmon Solstice. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That was. Thank you, Lindsay. Mm -hmm. uh, Krista Sandor. The Who's title of the book. Wonderful. The title of the book, it was a nanny romance, sucked me in. Now I'm a major fangirl. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Cherry, Julia Wolf, both of those were from uh, TikTok suggestions along with Gianna Darling. And then I had the great pleasure of stumbling upon Zio Axelrod. And now I have this grand love affair. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I'm her mm -hmm. friend. I love her words. She has a lyricism to her words. And I just, and I'm in awe. She's pretty badass in general. Yeah. Um, so then, and also Kelly Elliott, uh, she was suggested to us by podcast contributor Carolina for mm -hmm. um, a small town romance in September. And I f stumbled down a um her Montana meet me in Montana series and am now picking up her um Boggy Creek Boggy Creek and at first sight series and I still need to read Angels and Cowboys mm -hmm. um and another one and we'll mention her a little later in the book or in the podcast is Roan Parrish she mm. was new to me in February of this year and Roan is amazing and wonderful and we just adore her yeah well and we'll get to her in a little bit more um <laughs> Okay, Leah, who was your most read author of 2022? Okay, so uh, I, you've got a few. I have three because I actually was going through stuff today. And I have two that are like 
big numbers and one that is kind of like middle of the road. So I discovered Lanny Lynn Vale this year, which I didn't not realize it was just this year, but I read 52 of her books. Like I went down a deep rabbit hole for her. And then I also discovered Anna Hackett, who I adore. And I read like 45 of her books. Just, just again, rabbit hole. And then Katie Rias, who I have read previously before, but I read quite a bit of her backlist this year that I hadn't got to previously. So what about you? Who were your most read authors of 2021? They were all new authors to me yeah. in 2021 that have pretty extensive backlists that I slowly have been going through. That is where they get you when you discover somebody with a huge backlist. Except and you my just number can't one, stop. My number one is because... <laughs> Well, so number one is Gina Aziz, but that's okay. because she published seven books this year. She did. And they were all hockey romances and I had to read them all. And they so. were all very good. Um, and then Catherine Cowles was a new to me author this year. I picked her up in January. Um, Jiffy Kate picked her up for book club and a quick shot picked them up and have mm -hmm. since gone back and devoured <laughs> that. Um, of course, Jay Salmon. And then Serena Ackroyd, we pick, she joined us for our readathon. Mm -hmm. And I went back and was like, okay, I'm going to familiarize myself with all these new authors that are coming to be a part of our readathon. And now I'm obsessed with some Irish mob guys and a couple of badass motorcycle club members. So, anyway. All good things. Um, okay, so did you have a new sports team that you loved this year? Um, I did because Sawyer Bennett actually was, I had never read Sawyer before. And so her Arizona Vengeance was new to me this year. And yeah, I went down that, that rabbit hole of wonderfulness. Of goodness. And then, and then the, <clears throat> the Boston Hawks, which was yours also. Um, yeah. For Gina, because again, I had never read her before. But... Well, I read that first book. <laughs> so I read mm -hmm. Sweet Talker. And I remember reading it and then texting everybody and being like, if you guys are not reading this, you're going to need to. Yeah. And everyone quickly went and grabbed the arcs and we did. bought copies and we're like, yes, yes. And yeah, because that's usually how it works. Like one of us will find somebody, we just connect with their their work and we just really, and then we text, we have I'll a group everybody. text. And we're like, you need to go read this person right now. Well, it's also, though, too, it's um, in the Discord channel. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody will say, hey, have you read this? No, I haven't read this. And then we all have to go and read this. Yeah, that's um, true. Did you have a standout series this year that you read? Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I have a standout series. I have, like, those go-to authors that I constantly read. So, like, their series were always really good. But I wouldn't say there's just one series that stood out the most for me. Yeah, me either. When I put that down there as one of the things that we might want to talk about, I was trying to think, did anybody do a whole complete series that's like done, start to finish? Or did I pick up a series that I read start to finish? And of course, I could mention Jay Salmon and even Krista Sandor that I did go back and read finished series this year that they had. Mm -hmm. um, but I just I couldn't come up with one specific one like i had a, i had a couple where like they started the series and they finished the series like this year 
it's like a couple of them are like three book series. Lanny Lynn Bale did an eight book series, but it's one of those things, those, but those are my go-to people that like, if a book comes out, I'm going to read it and I'm going to like it. So one of the things that I think we need to talk about, because I'm trying to normalize them a little bit for all of us. So we both had, and we'll talk about our number here in a second. We both had some big reading slumps. Some of we them did. were short. Some of them lasted a really long time. Yes. And something that happened to me is I would pick up a book that everybody was raving about that was, you know, being talked about and, you know, everyone's like, oh, hyping it up and, oh, you got to read this. And then I'd read it and it'd fall flat. Mm -hmm. And then, then I started to feel a little isolated. Like, what was wrong with me that I didn't love that book? What did I miss is, am I missing something? But in my life, you know, I don't always have time to go back and like reread a book, especially if I didn't love it. Yeah. So one of the things that it brought a realization for me was that one, if I'm not connecting with a book, put it down. Life is too <laughs> short to read bad books. There's nothing wrong with DNFing. Well, but also the case too, though, like sometimes you're not in... I discovered this year that I'm a mood reader. Like I never realized that I was a mood reader because before it never really, I could just read whatever and it wasn't that big of a deal. But like this year, if I was in like a tough, like mental spot, like new books, they were okay. Like nothing stood out. So like I would just reread a lot of stuff that like I knew would make me feel better because I knew going into it, what the outcome was going to be. And I knew I liked the book, but yeah, so that was one of my things is I discovered I'm a mood reader, which I never realized. Well, and I realized that after I made the decision that I'm okay, if I DNF a book, I DNF'd 81 titles this year. Holy crap. I DNF'd 81 titles. And, and the other piece of that too is, is there's a couple of books that were really super hyped that I read because everyone's like talking about it. I'm like, well, I want to talk about it too, right? I want to be in that conversation. Right. And I read the books and they fell flat and I've complained about them and I'm not complaining about them now. But one of the things that made me realize is that, and I need to do better too. If I didn't love a book, I did not take the time to review it on Goodreads. And I'm not talking about an Instagram post or anything like that. I didn't even bother taking the time to review it or rate it on Goodreads. I just left it alone. Mm -hmm. But this one book in particular that I was having a hard time connecting to, and I finished it, I went and started reading other people's reviews, three and two star reviews, because one star, I ain't got time for that. Wow. Well, I, I feel like one stars are just. They're usually, usually petty bitches. Exactly. They're just usually petty bitches. So I read the three and two star reviews just to see. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't alone. The issues I was having with the character, the immaturity of the voice of the characters was not me alone. Mm -hmm. And it helped me remember that I read for the community. And as being part of the community, sometimes you have to contribute some good, some bad with the good. Right. And so it is on me that if I'm not connect, if I finish the book, I didn't DNF it. You don't care if I DNF a book. But if I finish the book and I still struggled with voices and such, then it's really important to me that I share that mm -hmm. on Goodreads. I'm not trashing any authors. That is never my intention. I just mean that 
it's important to make sure I share my voice so that other members of my community can see, hey, you didn't love that either. You're not alone. Yeah. So I had a total of five reading slumps and it really became apparent when we started going month going back. to month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had three throughout the year, but my one was almost the entire summer. Like August is always a, a tough month for me emotionally and personally. But and it so started like mid July for it you. It was though. like mid, like the end of June, mid July, where I started to really go down this like downward spiral of reading slump. So I reread a ton this summer, or I discovered a Lady Lynn Bale and I went down that <laughs> rabbit hole. But those types of books that she write, like those are my comfort reads. And so like, I was okay with that, but I did not. Yeah. I had a rough summer of reading this year. Yeah. So, um, I do want to give some time and energy to debut authors in 2021. Mm -hmm. It is not easy to be an author. You are, uh, neither one of us aspire to be an author. We are consumers, not creators. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no matter how many times people are like, oh, you should write a book. It is never like, happening, people. I like to say I can fix the words, but I cannot write the words. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you where the story is falling apart. Yes. I cannot tell Put the you. the story on paper. Yeah. No. So I want to give a huge shout out to some amazing debut authors that took that risk and put mm-hmm. pen to paper and then published their first book yeah this no, year this is this is a, sm- a small list because these are honestly, ones we like, read these yes, are only ones we, we read uh-huh so we had prue warren she actually was on our first episode of the new year um and she wrote very traditional very rom-com books mm-hmm. um and they were they're they're cute they're funny um low angst true rom-com I think they fade to black. Okay. Um, well, she has she has since put out a couple more. I think cause... she's had three or four total for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Ophelia Martinez, who yes. is a newfound favorite author. Um, Ophelia released two books and a novella in her medical series. And then book one of her new uh, Rockstar, Rockstar series came out mm-hmm. um, in November. And it is very good. And her covers are very, very pretty. So pretty. Um, A.B. Wilson, who is one of our Buzzing About Romance librarians, she Uh published a Hollywood normative um, Mm -hmm. book. And it is called... The Role. The Role. I kept wanting to say role play. And I'm like, wrong book, Becky. Wrong book. Don't say it. Yeah, Um, that's not right. No. The Role. I would read that book, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's a really good book and it pops. So no fading. No, there's no fading there. Um, and then I read Kate Pembroke. This was a title that was sent to me from Forever Publishing. It was a Regency romance that was very good. It was really good. And it didn't read like a debut. So I was pretty impressed with it. Mm-hmm. And then last on that list, um, we actually had her here on the podcast, was author E.H. Lyon. Yes, she so published her Matchbox series. The first book came out in January, and she has she has put out a large body of work this year. 
Well, and when we talked to her back in April, she told us that she wanted to make sure she had a completed series and at least mm-hmm. two books in the next series ready to go when she started publishing. Yeah. Because she started writing in quarantine and she lives in um, Denmark or the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Like she lives over in Europe. Denmark. And um, their, their lockdown was very tight. Yeah. And so she spent lockdown with a toddler writing romance. <laughs> So, okay, so now we're going to talk about our honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. All of these are amazing books that we feel deserve some love and shout outs. Um, but uh, they didn't necessarily make, these were all five-star reads for us, but they didn't necessarily make our top within the month that they were published. Yeah, because sometimes the- you had to you had to make the hard choice. Okay, so when one. you... When you filter and start breaking down month by month, there were some really strong months. Like April, April was amazing. And October how did we? Was really how did good. our heads not explode in April and October? Well, and if you, but if like you pay attention to the breakdown, April we did not really follow the rules. We didn't. We didn't follow rules. <laughs> but what are rules, right? Rules. Right. And then October was a really good release month also, because there were a lot of good books that came out in October. So it's, but that's the thing, like the books that we picked, some of them, like they squeezed by, by just. Yeah. There was just one little thing that the other book won for a certain reason. Mm -hmm. So first, before we get to those, we're going to talk about our best novellas that we read. I am not a huge novella reader, but you are. I do. I, I devour novellas. Like it's my job. Because novellas are like my palate cleanser. Like if I read one of our top reads, I read it. And then I had to like, I had to read like three or four novellas just to like make myself feel better. Because I was, I had like the worst book hangover. In novellas, like they, they calm me. Like, because they're short, they're sweet, they're dirty. They're exactly what I need to get me out of like two that I want to bring up um one is love to scam by Risley Adams I read this Mm -hmm. in February it's a vacation romance we did read it it takes place in Turks and Caicos Caicos not queso that I said for like a month I almost said queso I know right um that was my first book by Risley Adams I really liked it it was quick it was dirty it was it was very well written so well written full stories with fantastic characters mm-hmm. and in the end you were satisfied and believed in that HEA. Yes. Um, and then next up Mimi Kinley. She was new on the scene at the end of 2020 and she writes these super short, sexy, they call them novettas because they are actually under 75 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, quick and dirty, but so fully dirty. developed characters with a satisfying HEA and you do Mm -hmm. get a true HEA. Yes. So what are yours? Sometimes, um, sometimes in those Mimi Shinley's, like the circumstances are very good. Like sometimes there's no beds. It's, it just depends. Just Just have to give them a read. Um, (laughs) I don't have a favorite novella because I, like I said, I do read a lot, but my go-to novella writers are Tori Baker, Ella Good. Nicole Rose and Lucy Darling. They write these ultra alpha, like possessive guys who like, they're like, 
me me cave fan you mine like and it's just i just love them they're funny okay so these are honorable mention books these are books mm-hmm. that didn't quite make our top read month to month or top read of the year um these are all very great books it was just hard to pick our favorites and we wanted to make sure that we made note of these titles yes so leah give us your honorable mentions so my honorable mentions in no particular order um I had boldly by Elise Faber. It's a hockey romance, but it is the main character is an amputee and how he deals with it and the people surrounding him deal with it. And it was just really well done. And then I've rushed by Aurora Rose Reynolds, which is, was book one in a new series for her. So good. The Brazen by Willa Nash, which was book three in her Calamity Montana series. I've totally folked by Penny Reed because I'm a Penny Reed junkie and I just adore her. Um, and then we have Dirty Talker by Marilyn Kelly because Wade. Wade. Hello. I Wade. him. He's fine. And then I, I have like him. For the Love of Easton by A.M. Hargrove. I just, she's one of my favorite authors. Like I devour her books. So my honorable mentions, um, and again, no particular order. Score Her mm-hmm. Heart by Danica Flynn. Um, it is book two in her Bulldog Hockey series. It's delightful. It's a mm-hmm. fake relationship trope. Vegas wedding. Delightful mm, it hockey. It was very good. Um, Best Laid Plans by Roan Parrish. Now, I'm going to give some more love to Roan a little later in the episode. But Best Laid Plans was my first insight into Roan. Random email from... Uh, Karina Presadors saying, hey, we're well, going to ha- have a blog tour. Do you want to re- read and review this book? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I did. And oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm still a little. I just... Anyway, that book, that series, Garnet Falls. Um, the Girl with Stars in Her Eyes by Zio Axelrod. It's a rock star romance. I read it in May. But the, the, the girl, the heroine is the rock star. Yes. And it's a second chance. And again, she has a lyricism to her to her words, and I just, I love it. Uh, Playing the Palace by Paul Rudnick. It is, it is a male-male romance. It is better than Red, White, and Royal Blue. That's all I'm going to say, and I believe that. <laughs> um, all the Feels by Olivia Dade. Olivia Dade is huge for me. She writes real-bodied heroines, and this was a newer book that she just released in November. Um, Promise Me Forever by Layla Hagen. This is the Maxwell family, a new family series from Layla. And when I say Layla Hagen gives us good families, she gives us good families. Like if you like a family series, read Layla Hagen. Um, Meritage by Kelly Kay. This was a standalone in her Sonoma Winery series. And it's a secret baby. And I have to give some love to this book because... The main hero is a complete douche nozzle. Like that is what he is dubbed. Yes, he is the douche nozzle. But he totally comes around. And also he has a fantastic name for his junk. He does. That is one thing Kelly does well. She names good penis. She does name good penis. Um, And then At Once by Mindy McKinley. This is book two in her Adams Brother series. And some of the most he's a carpenter and it's some of the most beautiful arm porn of the year for romance landia um so those were my honorable mentions for 
2021. There's some good ones in there. Um, it, and again, it's, it is really, it was very hard just to break it down to like a few books, because honestly, if Becky and I talked about all the books we loved this year, we would never stop talking about them. No, this would be like a six hour episode. And we're really trying to keep this at like 120 for you guys. So. Just so bear with us because we really did try. We tried so hard. Um, so, okay. Now part two of the episode. <laughs> Um, Lee and I are going to break down what our top reads of each month of 2021, mm-hmm. but we're starting with December of 2020. And yes. part of that is this episode is dropping on 1226. There are a ton of books coming out December 28th and also mm-hmm. with family and life and the holidays. We, we felt, a, we felt a little rushed trying to pick a December book. Yeah like in the in the month we're in so we decided we were just gonna go right. december last year to now like to, to november of this year and then we give you a full like we had that whole month of like reading to decide from yeah well and then that just means next year when we do this again we will start with december of 2021 mm-hmm. and move forward in 2022 that way yes um so uh there are so many good books releasing. I just, December was, we couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so please note, as we give you these books, we are telling you the top read for us. Personally. Personally. <laughs> not highest rated out there. Not highest hyped. This is a book that Leah and I, we loved personally. That was published that month. Yes, it we, does no, not we, mean we read it <laughs> in that, that month. month. No. <laughs> um, so these we went through, we made sure that we had publication dates. So we knew. Um, also, there will be a worksheet available for download with um, it'll be on our on the shelf show notes so that you can easily keep track of our lists and um, what you might want to read and where you can find it. Mm-hmm. that's for heather and carolina <laughs> no mostly for heather because heather was like can i get a worksheet for this yeah i'm like what the heck what the fuck is a worksheet oh i'm not a teacher because you know that is it's her teacher brain coming in but i mean it's not like we're not giving you enough enough books right i mean anyway okay leah so here we start we're going to start in december of 2020 Okay. So my December 2020 read is By You Dreaming by Lexi Blake. This is a enemies to lovers, one night stand and small town series or book. And it's book three in the series with Zepp and Roxy. So good. Excellent. What is yours? December 2020. So December 2020, I picked Steel by Sawyer Bennett. Mm. Of course, I'm a huge Sawyer Bennett fan. Um, This is a marriage in crisis, second chance romance. I think what stands out for me in this book is just that the heroine, Ellie, she never backs down and just lets him come back. She holds her ground and says, you have to change. Marriage in crisis is hard too it is very hard to write well 
and there's not a ton of them out there that are super good. Some of them you're just kind of like, you're a doormat, and that was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not the case in this one. Okay. Now, January. January. 20, 21. <clears throat> so we did throw down a little bit for this one, but I snatched this one up before Becky could. <laughs> like, before the words were even out of my mouth, when you were like, okay, well, what's your January pick? And I, you're like, <gasps> and I'm like, okay. I mean, I had to. I had to call dibs. So it is The Invitation by Vi Keeland. It is a billionaire, slow burn, co-workers, like boss, employee type thing. Such a good book. Like one, honestly, like definitely one of the best books I read for this year. It was so good. It was so good. Um, so my January 2021 book is Built to Fall by Julia <gasps> Wolf. Um, it's a rock star romance, age gap, real bodied heroine. This was the first pit book I picked by her. It was also the first book that I picked from a TikTok wreck. <laughs> and that was the first book you had read by her too, wasn't it? Yeah. First book by her first t- TikTok wreck. Um, I devoured this story. It was sexy. The heroine, I just, it is great. Just great. Um, so yeah. Anyway, February 2021. Okay, so February is one of those like book slump months, unfortunately. But this one, um, mine is The Things We Leave Unfinished by Rebecca Yaros. It was it is Enemies to Lovers also, which apparently I read more of those than I realized this year. Um, but this book, the way the timeline is set, it goes past to future, but the past is letters um from the heroine's grandmother right grandmother yes Mm -hmm. um and I just really like the premise of the whole story like her she's rewriting this book her grandmother with this famous romance author and um just the I really like the way that Rebecca Yaros did the timeline and the way it flowed there's a lot of soul in that book there's a lot of soul in this book um and the the twist at the end you were not expecting it (laughs) you were not um okay so my february book i have talked about this book a million times is it's that (laughs) there's one scene one scene is eye candy by jiffy kate i mean we're talking about the jam scene we've been talking about it all year Mm -hmm. but honestly i picked this because it's the virgin trope done exceptionally well and there are some virgin trope haters out there and i felt like we needed to bring light to it done well because one of the things i think that we need to remember is there are obviously antiquated um reasons that people don't like virgin trope you know like it's Mm -hmm. gifting it to them or um you know she's saving it for marriage purity culture pew whatever the thing is is this that was not why she was a virgin Mm -mm. she was a virgin because she had led a very sheltered life in a small town and what it reminds us of is everyone's sexual journey is unique and stop hating on the virgin trope yeah just fucking stop it (laughs) it makes me mad because there are not 
just like I say that every enemies to lovers, I don't say every enemies to lovers book sucks and that I hate them all. No, because some, some of really them are well. done really, really well, but some they kind of go, they do the stereotypical like enemies to lovers that like yeah. it just. I read one this year that I am still not convinced that they even liked each other at the end of the book. Like, it's true. I don't even get it. But what I, but the reason I think we need to stop being giving blanket hate statements. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason I picked Eye Candy. It was done, that scene with the jam. Oh, man, that's such a great scene. book. It's such a great book. But also. I mean, who, and who doesn't love a hot Viking? Right. I mean, honestly. He was swoony. A swoony Viking. Okay. We are now up to March. Okay. So my March book is My True Love by Melissa Foster. This is a grumpy sunshine, which is one of my favorite tropes of all time. Um, siblings, best friend, damaged hero, and it's small town. But again, this is one of those books where the hero, um, he has a prosthetic, but it was written so well and so thoughtful. And I just, it just was perfection. Like, honestly, I really, oh, and it's by Melissa Foster. Did I say that part? I think so. I don't know. But it was just, it was really, really well written. And I typically like her books. Um, she's one of those authors that I read all the time, but this one really stands out. Um, so my March, 2021 book is Morning Wood by Heather Orger in. I put it into Google pronounce. So, so we're sorry if it's wrong. I'm sorry if it's wrong. I tried. <laughs> um, okay. So this was a one night stand rom-com second chance. I picked it up because it was one of the best rom-coms. Oh, I picked this because it was one of the best rom-coms of 2021. And when it came out, everyone was like, oh my God, I laughed so hard at this book. And I'm like, come on, it cannot be that funny, you guys. But then we read it. Oh my God, so many laugh out loud moments in this. It's also a single parent romance. And of course, you know, I love those. The little girl, when she's on the pages, she owns them. (laughs) She does. But... When she isn't over, when she isn't on them, she doesn't overshadow the relationship. Even though she's cute and feisty and funny, the relationship is first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so it's a really great balanced example of a single parent rom-com. Okay. April. Okay, so April Which was the hardest month of all. So I had hard. more five-star reads in April. Than any other. Any other month. I think my April was better than my October. It was. But my October was very good, which is why April, I broke the rules. So I could not pick one book, but it is one, it is a duet. It is the death, the Dylan sisters duet by Bryn Asher and Layla Frost. It is deathly and damaged. Deathly is by Bryn, damaged is by Layla Frost. So these two books, they are damaged heroes, damaged heroines, like they are, they have dark notes in them, like the twists in these books, like these books are so well done. And I honestly, like I messaged both of the authors after, like I read them, I'm like, I love these. Like, I wasn't sure when I heard about this duet, like how it was going to go, but they are, the timelines are congruent. So they're happening at the same time, but they match up so well. And you don't always get that in a, in a, in a duet by different authors. Yeah. But it's it's so well done. 
So, and you know, honestly, I don't know that I've ever read a duet like that. That was two different authors writing like each individual book, not writing together. They are not co-written. No, they are not co-written. They are two separate books. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever read anything like that. I don't. I don't think I have either. So it's kind of unique in that I've read co-written book duets, Mm -hmm. obviously. Yes. But I don't know that I've ever written two separate books by two separate authors that are our duet with a concurrent timeline. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, and like, it's one of those things too, which you can tell they definitely talk because there's stuff in both books. So it's like, yeah. So... My April 2021, again, hardest month of the year for me. But this also is a book that Becky is constantly talking about. I think she's told me like 50 times, like, you need to read this book. It's, it is on my Kindle currently. It's, I love this book. <laughs> so this is We're Made of Moments by Molly McLean. It's a second chance small town romance. Um, I picked this because, as we know, I'm typically not a second chance fan. That is a trope that will typically get me to say no um but this story was like nothing I've ever read um this book has so many deep emotions in it also a swoony hero who is in his own way pines for the heroine but even when he can't be with her he is still this great dad to their son Mm -hmm. and the other thing that is interesting about this story Molly McLean had started writing back in like 2016 to 2018. And then she stopped writing. Day job, kids, things were happening in her life. She just couldn't give her time to it. Then 2020 happened. (laughs) And she picked up her pen. And this is the first book that she published since she had stopped writing. Mm -hmm. And I love it. And I hope that we get the siblings books. Um because the hero his siblings are mentioned in these stories anyway um i and think the cover we are so sexy i'm pretty sure we're getting we're getting a book two in this series we hope we hope we hope because okay. you know life happens life happens okay now we're talking may 2021 okay so <laughs> may 2021 this book is book two in a duet that we if you have read this author before you we've been waiting for it for a while she had some health issues and like her it just kept getting pushed back and she wanted to be healthy to give this book to do this book justice and oh man did she do it um it is every wound we mend by j.e parker it is part of her redeeming love series and it is a second chance um but her characters she writes such deep characters like the the main the hero his his character is pops like he i cannot think of his his real name is james but he and you meet him in the very first book of this series and when you first meet him he is this abusive alcoholic but throughout the series like you see like the growth of his character and how he has changed and like how he's become such a good man and then you get his books and like you just you want him to win like and his heroine has been through some some shit like some bad stuff and like they're just it's just such a good book like she rips you apart and then puts you back together, back together. she just she writes really emotionally like 
emotional books and I ugly cry every time I read them. <laughs> um, okay, so my May book is Fake. It's West Hollywood number one by Kylie Scott. Kylie Scott is a one-click author for me. Mm -hmm. But when the sign up for this arc came out, I kept trying to talk myself out of reviewing it and that I would just get to it eventually. But in my mind, I knew that I wasn't going to get to it eventually because life is just life. And so mm -hmm. I kept saying, Leah, tell me not to do it. And she's like, you're going to do it. I don't even know well, why you're and that's calling the thing, me. Like, I don't know why you ever ask me these things because like, you know, like there are just certain authors, like you're going to sign up for it no matter what. And even if I say, don't do it, you're going to do it. And I did we it. have had that happen. I did it. I'm like, Becky, you don't have time for this. I listen sometimes, but on this one, I didn't. Um, so this was a fake relationship, Hollywood normative relationship. He's a Hollywood star whose redemption, whose reputation needs a lift. He gets himself fake engaged to a waitress he has been attracted to and kind of low key stalking for the year previous. You do like um, those stalkers. Yeah. And it's a low key stalker. Like she doesn't even realize that he's been stalking her. Like he comes to this restaurant at off hours and makes her wait on him and she hates him. Um, anyway, I love that. Okay. June. So it was one of my reading slumps. <laughs> um, June was, yeah, June was one of mine too. But, um, so my June is my reward by Jennifer Hanks. It is part of her, um, elite security series. It is a slow burn because apparently that's like a trend in my months, um, which you would not imagine from me, but it's a slow burn. It's a secure, like a bodyguard series. Um, the, the damaged, I have a lot of damaged heroes and damaged heroines too. And you make fun of me for my love of the damaged. Apparently there's a theme going for my year. I must've been going through some stuff, but no. So my reward by Jennifer Hanks, it's very, very good. Um, so my May or yeah, May, no, June, June. We're in We're June. June. My June <coughs> is real. It's the Hollywood Renaissance number one by Kennedy Ryan. I read this as part of the clear the TBR challenge here in November. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been on my TBR forever. And I really just needed permission for someone to say, Becky, just read this, right? Yeah. Um, this story was so complex and heart-wrenching. It's one of those that runs the gamut of emotions. The other reason, I love Kennedy Ryan, so it just wins. She has a way of ripping you apart and you fall in love all over again with her and her characters after she's like destroyed you. <laughs> um, I love a book like that, though, because sometimes you just need that. But one of the things that I really think she did super well in this book, she did a great job of bring, bringing to light how difficult it is to have a chronic illness, but also to be in love with someone that has a chronic illness. Mm -hmm. And many of us suffer with a chronic illness, and sometimes you don't always realize what your partner is going through. And so this book was such a powerful story. And if you haven't read Real by Kennedy Ryan, do it. Do yourself a favor and just do it. <laughs> the audiobook is also beautiful. The voice actor has this like deep, velvety, smooth Ooh. voice. 
I mean, I might, I might do an audiobook just for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. Anyway, okay, July. So July again, like reading slump world for me. But um, Prescott Lane released the right side of wrong. It is a single parent slow burn age gap, and it. I just really the characters in this book, like they are two people that you don't expect to have a connection and you don't expect things to work out the way that they do. Um, But she, I, she just has this, the way about her writing that she often brings characters, like you're not expecting to come together. And again, she will rip you apart and then put you back together. (laughs) So um, my July pick is actually a rom-com. It is The Nanny and the Nerd by Krista Sandor, who is the most beautiful souled person. She is. I met this year. Like, uh, I just adore her. Um, Okay, first of all, we all know I love a nanny trope. Obviously, single parent is huge for me. Um, But this story was so good. And one of the reasons that I picked it is I was also in the middle of a reading slump. And then I picked this up and it was this whimsical enchanting romance that was slightly absurd um but just imagine the movie enchanted with like a whole lot of spice Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you have uh the nanny and the nerd well and the nanny does sing she doesn't she she's she does sing when she's nannying she does she does it's such a lovely story um it also you know spurred on an obsession i have now with this and again she's, this, she's a wonderful wonderful but person she was a new like, to me author she was a new to me author and i picked her up um just because again i was challenging myself to try to find something new to read so okay august okay 2021. So august, actually this was a brand new author for me i saw this book in a sign up and i was like "Ooh, this sounds really like promising i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna sign up for this and when i signed up for it it was the the last book in the series. So the PR company was like, gave me all of the books up to this point, And I just, I devoured them. They were that good. But so my August, 2021 is King's Queen by Marie Johnston. It is a marriage in crisis book. It is a marriage in crisis book done really well. So the premise is like, these two have been married for a long time, but the, the reason they got married is maybe not so like kosher, but the wife is the only one who don't, who know, like, doesn't know like why they got married. And then she finds out and it's bonkers. It's a little bonkers, but it kind of, it kind of gives you perspective on like what the family thought was not really what was happening, but it was, it was a really well done marriage in crisis. So August, August, the Casanova by T.L. Swan. This was one of my most read authors of 2021. And I blame Kelly Kay. She recommended the author and I read as much as I had time for. You this did go a, down that rabbit hole. I did. This is a billionaire age gap co-worker romance. Um, part of what I like about T.L. Swan and her heroines, at least in this Miles High Club series that she's doing. Um, She really holds the hero to task. When he oversteps, she puts him back in his place and she does not put up with his shit. Well, I do like that. 
So um, the Casanova by T.L. Swan. And then I made Rachel fall in and read them. Because, I mean, that's what we're good for here. Right. Okay. And I I do want to say about August, though, I read so many books in August. There were some days I read two books a day. Because I was prepping for readathon, and I found a ton of new authors in August. So, see, in August was probably my worst month. August was a hard month for me, just because of the amount of books that I consumed in mm-hmm. August. Okay, yeah, I think I reread like four different series in August. September. So September. This was a also a new to me author this year, and I read like almost her entire backlist because. I mean, why not? Um, so my September is Code Name Aries by Janie Crouch. It is a billionaire romance, um, a spinoff series, small town, and suspense because I love my suspense, which surprisingly, there's only two suspenses on here. So I, mean, I did good on that. You did do good on that. <laughs> um, okay, my September read is not going, is, this is not going to be a surprise for anyone. It is Lights on Knockbridge Lane by Roan Parrish. You're showing Roan a lot of love today. I am. I picked... It is well-deserved love, though. It because is. Because our friend Roan is pretty awesome. She's pretty amazing. I picked this for two reasons. One, I loved the story, and I love the little girl, Augusta. Gus. She's mm-hmm. fantastic. She reminds me of my girl child with her inquisitive nature and love of all her creatures. Um, Roan, is, Roan is our friend, plain and mm-hmm. simple. She She's is our friend and we love her. I also picked this because it is the first time that Harlequin has, has included a male-male romance in one of their special edition category romances. And mm-hmm. it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. These are the the blue labeled romances that you see at every Walmart and Target and you know everywhere in the world, even small town Ohio. It was on our shelves. Um, I cannot find it in, in my tiny town. Okay. Because I look every time I'm at the store, I'm like, am I going to find Rome's book today? But apparently I am too small for that. That's so funny. Um, also, Roan um, taglined it that it was like a Hallmark movie, but very gay. Mm-hmm. Super gay. Super, super gay. So I feel There's like- a TikTok for it. If so- Find Rowan's TikTok and she'll talk, tell you about it. Yeah. So Lights on Knockbridge Lane by Rowan <laughs> Parrish. September's best read. Mm-hmm. So October 2020, again, such a good month for releases. And again, we had a hard time picking. But this... We kind of rock, papered scissors <laughs> we, <laughs> for these two titles. Really, we it was did. basically like, you're going to pick that one? Okay, yeah, I'm going to pick this one. Well, but then there were a couple more that we told, like we're throwing around up there but then like as we broke them down we're like is it the whole book or is it like just these two pieces that made us like really love this book like was it the twist that like but these are the two that overall the entire book is something we like to talk about so my october read is only one regret by natasha madison this is book five of the only one series in her hockey series because it's hockey and we, that was one thing we did too, is we tried to really hold back on the hockey recommendations. Yeah. yeah. But it is friends to lovers, single dad, and it is friends to lovers done impeccably well. Like honestly, one of the best friends to lovers books I have ever read. 
It is one of the few Friends Delivers books that I have five that star That you really rated. love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I five star rated it. Mini Cooper is amazing. So the good. Relationship makes sense. It's... It is natural. It is organic. Like it is, it is one of, it is like perfection of Friends to Lovers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my October book, no surprise to anybody, is going to be Dr. Scandalous by Julie Salmon. That is so uh, good. It would not so be 2021 good. best of episode without at least one Jay Salmon pick from me. Uh, sure. This book was one of the best ro- fake relationship romances of the year. He is also, I believe, the best dirty talker. Um, she he was also- a good one. I know. I mean, I don't know if he was the best dirty talker because uh, he was pretty. He was good. Definitely top five. Um. It, it has a lot of different pieces in it, too. She's a real-bodied heroine. She's raising a sibling. There's just so much in this book. And again, writing like perfection. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So good. Okay. Okay, so my November. November was tough. Like, I had a bunch of my go-to authors release books in November. But since I read them almost every month because they release a lot of books, I was like, I'm not going to give them love. So my November pick is Scheming Heart by Ivy Lane, who I feel is extremely underrated. She is such a good author. Her books are steamy. Her books are well thought out. They're well written. Her character development is on point. And this is a billionaire romance, single parent. There's a mystery arc that is going through the entire series. It is a family series, which she writes a lot of, but she's one of those sleeper authors that not enough people talk about her. So my November read best of is Swoon Mm -hmm. by Lauren Rowe. Here's a shock. It's a rock star romance. (laughs) I mean, you have a couple of those. I do. Um, it's sibling's best friend. One of the reasons this story is, I love it. It's not a typical rock star romance. There's no thoughts of cheating. There's no drug or alcohol addictions playing in the background. Um, this is a story about making sure your partner, though, is sexually satisfied. And that is something that is huge in this book. Um And it really brings to light that you are doing everything in your power to give as much as you get out of each and every encounter that you have. Um, There was also this piercing I had to look up. And right there. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was in this book. Yeah. When you have to Google penis piercings, a book's got to be pretty stinking. Well, and you have to private that browser search. I don't. Because you don't want. I don't. I'm a risk taker like that, Leah. Okay, so before we announce our top two reads of 2021, I have to talk about, there are two books that I feel like we didn't talk about that we need to talk about. Okay. The first one is Only One Touch. That book came out in February. And we are still talking about it, but... And that book made me fucking mad. Well, it's not the book. The book does not make us mad. It is just freaking Nico. Because... Becca is a amazing, amazing heroine and a wonderful character. And then Nico is just such a douche nugget, such a douche nugget. And so we, I mean, we created his own hashtag. Like he has a hashtag. 
freaking Nico. Oh, yeah. That guy. But it is a book that we are still talking about. Yeah. Months later, because of him in his douche nuggetiness. Mm-hmm. So the other book that I think that we need to draw some attention to is Riggs mm-hmm. by Sawyer Bennett. It was a yes. potential book in October that we threw around. It's a very well-written book, a really great story. Riggs and Veronica, their HEA is beautiful. There's a lot of power in that story. But Sawyer Bennett does something in that book that is never been done. It's, it's risky. I'll say that. Yeah. It was risky. So typically when we have a spinoff series for a hockey romance, they typically Somebody do, gets traded. Well, they get traded or they do like an expansion draft. It's a new franchise within the professional league, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's like, or it's like a family, like the, the youngest of the family is like, gets drafted to like a different team. team. So it's the same family, but they start with a new team because- He's just drafted there, but she, she does not do either one of any of those things. She does not. She does not. She does not. She blows a plane up. No, it crashes. She does not blow it up. It crashes. Okay. The plane crashes. The team dies. Yes. The whole fucking team dies people. And, and like a lot of the office people, like the, 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 the team had two owners. It's a brother and a sister. The brother is on the plane. Like we meet the sister. Like it's it's crazy down. But it, it's but we're bonkers. still talking about it. Yeah. So those were two books I felt like we had that we've talked about that we've mentioned on the show. We did and, quick shots for them, and, and nobody is surprised that they're both hockey romances. Right. I mean, those are big for us. They okay. are big for us. So. <laughs> Best overall reads of 2021. I will give mine first because this was Leah's like two or three in the list. While this is my number one, it's great. It's a great story and I love it and I'm still thinking about it and I'm still talking about it. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure we give time to book one. And actually, um, there will be quick shots. So my book will have a quick shot on Tuesday of this week of December... 28th will be my quick shot and Leah's number one book will be the quick shot on December 30th. Yes. So my book is every time I fall by Lexi Ryan. It was so good though. Such a good book. It's a small town romance. Um, brother's best friend or no best friend's brother was best well, friend's brother it's like sister's best friend too though because like it is yeah it's so there's like sibling best friend siblings everywhere. best friend um small town romance real bodied heroine mm-hmm. and a couple of things one he was super swoony and even when she put up walls he he had been pining for her and he didn't take no for an answer but not in a forceful way he did have to get his head out of his ass for a little bit there at the beginning, he did. though. He did. But he was making he does, some stupid choices. Yeah. Oh my God. Such, but the stupid choice like happens like in a previous book and he just can't stop making this stupid choice. But once he decides like, I am not going to go back to that, then he pines. Well, he realizes what's <laughs> been in front of him and that he's been using this other situation to kind of cope 
cope. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also a real bodied heroin. And one of the things that I've noticed with certain real bodied heroines, sometimes in a real bodied heroine romance, there'll be a character arc for the, for them where they start working out and going to the gym and getting, you know, thin and comfortable in their body. Every real bodied heroine book that I've picked for this episode, that is not the case. It is also not the case where the author fetishized the real plus-sized heroine. Because there is. There are books that you read and it feels like the hero is just like a chubby chaser. Like, it's just, it feels gross. It feels icky. Every time I fall, Abby is comfortable in her body. For the most she, part, like she has those normal like hangups because what skinny woman, women doesn't have them too. They do. They I mean, really we do. all hate our hips. We all hate our thighs or, you know, we all have bad moments. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going through menopause. I get hair where I'm not supposed to have it. I mean, but Abby is comfortable enough in herself to say, hey, stop it. Mm hmm. You know, she's not turning off the lights to have sex. She's not hiding her body. She's not flaunting it, but she's not hiding it. And she lets people know it is not, it is not something you want to hear when you offer to take them to the gym. Right. She doesn't want you to take her to the gym. She doesn't want you. She's not ordering salad at the restaurant. No. And so don't judge. No. And there's just, there's a real beauty. And I read a couple of real bodied heroines this year that, you know, the author in the book would say, oh, and she's comfortable in her body and she knows and owns her curves and then does stupid crap like, you know, spa treatment in a bathing suit mm-hmm. that you're supposed to be naked for. Like, yeah. whatever. That's not comfortable in your body. No. Um, okay. Now, let's give some time and some love. Okay. So my number one read of 2021 was also from April because April was a, a big month. Oh yeah. My book was April too. Yeah. I didn't say that. Um, so it is from the embers by Allie Martinez. Now this book, I honestly had like a good three or four day book hangover from it. Like no joke. Like it takes a lot for me to like go into book hangover mode, but this one, I, it runs the emotional gamut. Like you, from the prologue to the epilogue, like every single word, every single page, like you are feeling the chaos that Eason and Bree are going through and like the emotions that they're feeling. Like Ali Martinez is like, she's a, a master with her words in this book. Yes. What did she call it? Catastrophic romance is what she likes to write. Yes. And it, it really is. Yeah. And honestly, like she rips you down multiple times. Yeah. Like just like you're ripped apart in the prologue and you're like, how is, how is this going to be happy? But you just can't stop reading it because it is that well done. It is. Yeah. It it's is a romance that a is all encompassing. It, yeah. And then there's a twist that you're not expecting. Yeah. And then another twist that you're not expecting. Yeah. It's so, okay. 
again, you can get, you will get quick shots this week of those two episodes. So make sure you listen to those to get our full mm-hmm. reviews on our books of the year. Yes. Um, before we close this out and say goodbye for 2021, I would like to take this minute to one. Thank you, Leah. <laughs> thank you for joining me this year. Thank you for helping create this amazing podcast that is buzzing about romance. It's been a wild ride. <laughs> We weren't exactly sure what we were doing in the beginning um, at the end of January, but um, it has really come together and we seem to have found our rhythm. Our groove. It's been just not our interest. I mean, we'll get there. And honestly, who cares at this point? Right. Stay on brand. I, I am so happy that you asked me to, to join you on this and it has been crazy, but it has been amazing. And I'm, like, I'm so thankful, like, you are a part of my life on a regular, like, on a daily basis. <laughs> Me too. I mean, we talk every day, almost for hours. So <laughs> no, honestly, the other day I was talking to Becky and Michael's like, are you talking to Becky again? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Guilt. Um, well, and speaking of Michael's, <laughs> I do think that we need to take this minute and thank our Michael's both our of our husbands yes for one supporting us giving us the time giving us thoughts when we have moments that we need to bounce ideas off of them or mm-hmm. gripe about something yes. um they have been amazing and particularly like my mike he does all of our production side of everything and so we would not have um had this amazing podcast without the mics the mics i know the mics figuratively mics. and human uh-huh <laughs> That's true. Um, and then we do have an exciting announcement coming for the start of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, the episode that our next episode will drop on January 2nd. Um, it is actually myself and Duchess uh, Katie and Lady Sadie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the three of us. And that episode is actually going to drop not only in our podcast feed, but Corset and Crown is getting their own podcast feed. So if you listen because you love historical stuff, you are going to want to also not just don't give up on us, keep hanging with us, but you're also going to want to follow the Corset and Crown podcast on Mm -hmm. uh, January 2nd. Um, But we interview one of Romance Landia's legends. Miss Beverly Jenkins joins us on the next episode of Buzzing About Romance and the very first episode of, of the new year, the Corset and Crown podcast, too. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting. Make sure you're following us on social media. We have some really fun stuff that we are bringing to you. Like we are going to have challenges again. Just yeah, we're gonna not going to little... do one long year challenge because by no. October, I think we all kind of faded off. No, so we are going to break it down into sections. So every so many months, we'll give you a new challenge. It's going to be different every month. We'll have prizes as usual. Um, We are going to continue our discussions in Discord, but we have so many fun things for the new year. We have some awesome authors that we're going to be interviewing in the next couple months. So Some happy hours coming up. We actually, our next happy hour will be on... January 3rd it's a Monday night and I know everybody's gonna be like Monday it is listen we are gonna talk with Jay Salmon about Dr. Mistake on her release day yes so it'll be amazing um, you guys 
the summer of salmon salmon solstice is continuing and julie's gonna come hang out with us yeah it's gonna be so fun anyway thank you to our community Without you guys, we wouldn't have this great podcast. You have supported us. You've joined our Patreon. You come to book club. You humor me with nine bingo cards in summer reading. <laughs> I think that's the big thing. Like they they humor us, but they do. But it's but I they give us the support yeah. for us to keep continuing to do this for them. We have one thousand percent the best romance community mm-hmm. in podcast land like you guys the listeners in the hive you guys are amazing and we love you all thank you for listening yes, happy new you. year happy new year and we are so excited for all of the fun stuff to come in 2022 <laughs> right so until next time everyone happy reading everybody Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.